count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. Count it up, count it up, count it up. Yo, 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 yo. It's Coach Eric Bell here with Kicking It With EB and my good man, my good friend, Chris Gutierrez. How we doing, my brother? Yo, 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 yo. If I could only match that intensity, Coach, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. You? I can't complain. You know, we should let our, our, our podcast uh, listeners know that I have transitioned from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I'm now down here in Houston. But did you know, Coach, there is a strong frog contingent here in H-Town? Yeah, yeah, we've I've been there a few times uh, for our alumni events, and uh, they come out in droves down in in, in H Town, and it's, it's definitely a, a a strong purple contingent down there. Yes, and I love it. So the next time you're in Houston, dinner's on me. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds perfect. <laughs> good, good, good. Hey, I, you know what? We have entered a new era in the podcast realm. When we are now doing podcasts via cell phones, we're not in the fancy audio booth there right. at, uh, at Eamon Carter right. uh, because we are practicing our, our social distancing. But this COVID-19 thing, Coach, has, has really flipped our world upside down. Everything we thought was normal is no longer normal. How yeah. are you kind of navigating these, these uncharted waters, not just as a coach, but as a dad, as a father, right. as a husband? I mean, this is crazy, crazy times. Right. I- I will, I will have to tell you that I have not had my hands as clean as they are on a regular basis from washing <laughs> and the uh, the Purell and all these other um, potions or motion that, that you can put on sanitizers. On sanitizers. Yeah. It, it's 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 unbelievable how many times I wash my hands on a daily basis. And you know when we go out, and I, I rarely go out just to go kind of go to the grocery store or get something to eat. Um, and trying to, you know, support the local businesses here so that they can, you know, stay afloat. But um, it is, it's un, it's unbelievable. You know, it's absolutely unbelievable. And, um, but I'm proud that people are doing a really good job around here from what I've seen. Sure. No, I, I can see it too. And I, you know, we have talked in the past that I've, I've been able to, to sit down with, with Governor Abbott and, and speak exclusively to him about kind of the Look at you. Behind. Look at, Look at you. me. Did I just name drop? Did I do that? <laughs> hey, it's okay, my job to ask the questions that people at home at home can't ask, right? Right, right. And we so, appreciate and so, that. And so that's what I try to do, Coach. And so I hope I'm making my TCU family proud and yeah. and uh, and doing those things. But it is uh, it it is a very you know slippery slope when you go to you know, reopening our state. And, you know, there, I, I understand both sides of the argument, right? Some For people sure. will say it's happening too early and others will For say, sure. well, our economy is, 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 you know, is dying. We need to open up faster. So I, right. I get it. Um, and I don't think, you know, it, it's just, a, it's, again, it's tough. It's tough. And, and sure. in the same vein, I would assume being a collegiate coach and you're looking at the fall and you're wondering, well, man, we know that classes will resume. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. But sure. man, what does the soccer season look like, Coach? It's the same, <laughs> right? We we don't know what it's what it's going to look like, and you know we'll find out a lot on June the first. So we got a little bit less than a month um, before the NCAA drops out or drops down the information that we need to move forward and plan and make sure that uh, you know we're prepared for I guess testing here on campus or how that looks and 
um, being prepared to have people back here on campus. So um, excited, but cautiously optimistic. You know, I, I, we will play college soccer. I'm pretty certain of that. But how that looks and how many games and how that how that all is going to work out, I got no idea. So um, that's why the, the the people at the NCAA make a lot of money to to make these <laughs> educated decisions. No? Yeah, that's it. So, ba so basically, it is up to the NCAA. And correct. And how does it work? I mean, do you have direct contact? Do coaches? Is it an athletic director? How does that stuff work? So there's a lot of different uh, working committees within the NCAA um, that have different roles and responsibilities as it pertains to this COVID-19 stuff. And so they're meeting, I would assume, daily um, on what's going on. And then our athletic directors have meetings each week. Um, we have a head coaches meeting each week. We've also had a Big 12 soccer coaches meeting every two weeks um, just so that we're communicating, we're on the same page, and um, we're, we're, we're collaborating with different ideas to make sure that we're prepared for basically anything. So uh, I'm, on, I'm on Zoom more than I like to be, um, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. And, you know, I think that uh, when, when everything shakes out at the end of this month, of May, I think we'll have a pretty good idea of how everything's going to look moving forward. You know, 20 years ago, when I was playing college soccer there at, at TCU, one of the things that, that Coach Rubinson stressed to us was, you know, being in tip-top shape when we arrived on campus in, in August for training camp. And right. that was not just from a stamina standpoint, but also, you know, bulking up, lifting weights, making sure that we weren't pushed around off the ball. Um, with the ladies not being able to get into the gyms yet, that's yeah. coming. Uh, what what are you doing, and, and how does that kind of impact what you're what you're doing moving forward into the fall? And also knowing that every single coach across the country is facing the same dilemma. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of it's based on trust, right? We've right. given our players, uh, you know, things to do from a running standpoint and in-home workouts that they can do to try to you know, maintain muscle strength and flexibility and, um, you know, injury prevention and all these different things that they can do at home, right? Um, but at the end of the day, it's up to them to do it and do it at a level that's going to be good enough for them to be successful and pushing their bodies to, to get stronger, to get uh, more fit, uh, to to prepare themselves for, for injury prevention. And if they're doing all those things at a high level, then I think that um, it will show first day of practice, right? And you know, we hope that uh, if they're struggling, they're communicating with us about certain things so that we can help them, or they're getting with other people that can kind of push them, hold them accountable, uh, like parents and uh, siblings, and maybe, you know, coaches with this whole social distancing, maybe they have a, an old high school coach or old club coach that they can get with to help, you know, maintain a level of accountability so that, you know, they're not dropping the ball. So, you know, that's our hope, and we've explained that to them, and you know, hopefully um, they're doing what they need to do so that they can come back ready to, you know, play at a high level. Take me behind the scenes, Coach, as, as the spring semester was winding down and this coronavirus was ramping up. What did you guys do behind the scenes to make sure that, you know, the ladies were safe, that, you know, their, their parents weren't, I would assume, freaking out? Because, sure. look, I'm a parent, you're a parent, you get yeah. it, right? You, you right. send your kids off to college and you just assume that, that they will be safe, and then you've got this global pandemic. Right. Um, now, what what is that like? Because I don't know that a college coach in history of the NCAA has ever dealt with anything quite like this. Sure. So on March the 11th, right, 
um, as when things started to happen um, and things, what the NCAA was canceling, you know, NCAA uh, conference tournaments and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I had actually, we had actually gone up to Frisco to watch the U.S. women play uh, up there. And then on the 12th, the next day, things really got crazy too. Everything started getting canceled and it was like, we're going to cancel this, we're canceling this, we're canceling spring sports and this and that. And um, our players were on spring break. And so they, they extended the, the spring break for another week. And then they came down during that week saying, hey, we're going to be, you know, having online classes. You're not going to be coming back and this and that. And, and so from then on, we've been in contact with them. I sent an, uh, an email out to their parents, you know, just letting them know that um, it is what it is. And, you know, these are the things that we're doing to try to make sure that everybody is safe. Um, and now it's a matter of uh, communicating with the players. This is finals week. Um, right now, but it's a matter of communicating with the players and letting them know that these are the things they need to do. And you know, hopefully, as we get you know, we get closer to this whole opening up of different states, you still have to work in a way that's really cautious, and you just can't be like everybody else. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. And it's 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 worrisome to see some of these you know areas where they have beaches and whatnot, and people are kind of you know, not following the social distancing uh, standards and, and, and having massive crowds, and you know, that's not safe. And so, right. you know, we can't, as students, student-athletes or coaches, operate like everybody else, and it's unfortunate. But, you know, if we want to have a season without interruption, then we have to do things a little bit differently than everybody else because that's our responsibility so that we can, you know, have the season that we want to have. Right. How are how are April and, and the girls, your your wife and, and your two daughters, how are they? I, I assume everyone is, is healthy, but, yep. you know, just been locked up for the past, what, eight years? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because I hear all these stories about, you know, you know, homeschooling and whatnot. And for us, our kids are older. And so it's not like I have a first grader or a second grader or, you know, preschool where it's right. like, you know, we got we to gotta set hours you know, you're going to be doing this at 8, you're going to be doing this at 9, you're going to be doing this right. at 10, and fortunately, <laughs> we're beyond that stage. <laughs> I can only imagine what it's Hey, I'll those. put you in touch with my wife, Coach, <laughs> because we have learned real fast that homeschooling is not her forte yeah, at all. I, I feel for everybody that's doing that, shout out to all the parents that are, that are, that are homeschooling their kids these days. I know it's challenging, but for us, our kids are, you know, we have a high school senior and a high school sophomore, and you know, they, they get online and do the Zoom thingies and they have, you know, different assignments that they're uh, responsible for. But um, it's a lot easier to just govern that as opposed to, you know, making sure that um, we're controlling the entire day. You know, I, I think that would be you know, rather taxing, you know, to try to monitor and manage them and then try to do work uh, for, for TCU soccer uh, as well. So right. we're, we're blessed to have older kids, thank goodness. But they're, but doing, the, they're doing great. But, but at the same time, Coach, you you do have a senior in the house. And yeah. because these times are so unprecedented, you know, she's missing out on those opportunities that as a kid you just can't wait for, prom, uh, graduation, things like that. How do you handle that as, as a dad? Right. Well, it sucks, right? Uh, right. That, um, no prom, no graduation, no senior – a party, and we were supposed to have like a senior or, or graduation party on April the 18th, and that got mm-hmm. mixed. And 
Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crap deal. But I think that um, she's handled it very well, very maturely, and understands what's going on. And um, so we're, we're going to do our best to make sure that she feels, you know, honored um, and, and, and appreciated for all the work that she's done. And well, April and I will, will come up with something that that makes sense and uh, allows her to feel special because she's, you know, graduation is a special day. It's a big day. She earned that. And, yeah. and, and knowing that, you have a, a group of incoming freshmen there uh, at TCU who are yeah. eager and ready to get on that on the Garvey and, and guard the Garvey and, and play some home ball. But um, at the same time, you're able to relate to them in a way, I think, because you're seeing that through the lens of your own daughter. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, everyone's obviously disappointed, and I've had conversations with all of our incoming players and i think to a player they're again they've they've operated in a very positive way and understand what's going on and you know credit to them i i think that it, if it were me i'd be boohooing all over the place but uh, right. <laughs> i think uh they understand and pretty mature you know kids that are handling this deal and you know fortunately hopefully at some point in time they they are recognized within their house or their community uh for graduating from high school that's my hope and i think that um We've got some really good kids, and I'm excited about them coming in in the fall and, and making a difference in our program. Talk to me a little bit about uh, recruiting. I have learned that you are a, a master recruiter, uh, and I say that based on the on the talent that you're bringing in and the, the success that you guys are having within the program. But when it comes to you know a summer league being essentially wiped out and canceled, yeah. the the second part of the spring leagues were wiped out and canceled. Does that set you back? And again, I realize that every coach across the country is dealing with the same thing. But how do you? What's what's the mindset when it comes to recruiting right now? Well, one, well, one, I want to first off give credit to my staff. You know, Ryan and Tom. Yeah. Um, they do a really good job of identifying players and you know bringing them to my attention and um, doing all the due diligence necessary to to make sure, vetting these kids out to make sure they're the fit for TCU soccer. Mm -hmm. um, but to go along with that, um, I think from a recruiting standpoint, fortunately for us, um, and this isn't for everyone, we're in a really, really good spot. We have, let's see, six, seven kids committed for 2021, which is next year. Wow. Uh, yeah. And um, we have three commitments for 2022 before they change the rulings. So for us, much different than a lot of other people where I would look at it and say, if I only had two or three uh, 2021 commitments, I'd be in panic mode because mm -hmm. they've just extended out the uh, dead period through the end of uh, June. Um, but to go along with that, there isn't any youth soccer going on right now. So it's no, nobody's missing out on anything because there aren't games being played that we can't go and watch. Um, however, you know, if you've only got a couple kids and, uh, they, what you're allowed to do come um, June the 15th is uh, call the, the 22. So they'll be juniors, and we're allowed to call them. Um, but I think uh, hopefully that rule gets changed to where, you know, we're not able to contact them. But we'll see. Um, but as it pertains to us, we're in a really good spot. Um, and I'm not in panic mode whatsoever because we have some really, really good kids coming or committed to, to, to TCU. Um, but if I weren't in this situation, I would be in panic mode. And I guess sure. the, plan, the plan of attack would be 
to 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 master the art of, of getting on the phone with a lot of these different clubs and high school coaches to make sure what's what is what I think it is. Um, it is, and so I, right. I would assume that those people that are in aren't in the best spot from a commitment standpoint are going to be taking some you know educated risks um, as it pertains to you know getting some kids on, uh, to commit to them without having you know done their due diligence as far as being able to even play, but. You know, I think that um, you don't have to worry about TCU soccer because we're in a good spot. Nice. Well, that's good to hear. But when you when you do hear, um, you know, that leagues were canceled and, and some of these ladies, well, all of them, lost kind of their, their senior years. Um, I think when yeah. when the uh, when the UIL here in Texas, specifically the governing body for high school sports, canceled all of the spring seasons. I mean, the, the soccer playoffs were just beginning for, for right. high school. Um, you know, there may be a, 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 a parent or even a, a student out there, a junior, maybe even a senior, who mm-hmm. who was really hoping to shine, you know, this, yeah. this season and this playoff season. What would you say to to encourage them to not lose sight of the goal of, of playing Division One soccer, whether it be TCU or, or anywhere yeah. else, Coach? Yeah. I think that you can you can kind of shine some light on that. I think if you're a junior or younger, right, the – all is not lost. And, and the things that you're doing right now when nobody else is watching is going to be uh, what's the most important thing as you move forward. Because once the, the games and schedules are set and you get back to playing games, you want to be ready so that you can perform at a high level to impress these coaches. And so now is not the time to be on the couch watching Netflix, eating Twinkies. You know, now is the time to, to be out there, you know, mastering your craft with the ball and getting out and running and doing agilities and the strength training, whatever you can do to make sure once the whistle blows, you're ready to rock and roll and to, you know, impress. And right. you know, the best thing that I can encourage them to do is that and not be on uh, the next Netflix and chill program. And, uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, get out and do the work. And work exactly. If, you, if, you, if you're if you prepared then uh, and you're ready, then that will show and you will get the exposure that you're looking for. And I know one of the ways that you see uh, and evaluate a lot of talent on your own is through your own academy and your camps. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, those were canceled, obviously, right. for, for good reason. Right. Um, but uh, that's, again, just another example of how this COVID-19 is impacting every little thing we do. For sure. And uh, it's, a, it's a crap deal that we aren't going to have, you know, our camps this summer and um, look forward to those a lot, you know, the little kids as well as the, the, the older kids with the ID camp. And, you know, we've been able to identify at least one or two kids per ID camp that we want to invite to be a, a part of our program. And so, you know, that's not having that this summer is, a, is, is not not ideal, but everyone else is in the same boat. So, um, again, it's, it's not like somebody is able to get a leg up on us. We're all doing this together and all have the same circumstances to, to deal with. So, um, make sure that everyone is out there still social distancing and wearing masks and washing their hands and doing everything they can to make sure that we try to our best to uh, flatten this curve. Everyone plays a role, Coach, for sure. Hey, one thing I was just thinking is when you when you mentioned masks, I think the TCU Athletics Department needs to be, <laughs> if they aren't already, working <laughs> on a soccer mask because it has become the new norm, right? Yeah. And now they've become – somewhat of a of a fashion statement if you will sure. in terms of you know matching your your outfit and things uh-huh. like that but um it is important you know like you said we all we all play a part we all have a role here to help flatten that curve and unfortunately yeah. the, the fear is these numbers will go up 
uh, even more as we start to reopen before they sure. go back down. So, sure. uh, Coach, I look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, Same here. On campus, I want to give you a, a fist bump and a high five and a big hug. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll we'll continue to do this via the cell phone or however it is you need to do it. I appreciate you and all the work that you're doing for us and TCU as well as uh, for your family. I think you represent us in a, in a, in a great way and happy to be friends and happy to continue this uh, podcast with you and wish you and your family the best and wish everybody out there that's listening the best as we go through this, uh, this pandemic. There you go. You've been listening to Kicking It with EB, Eric Bell, <laughs> head soccer coach for TCU's women's soccer program. Thanks, coach. All right, man. Thank you. Take Peace care, up. everybody.